It's golden hour outside the church, and two figures sit etched in the day's last sun. Brother and sister, siblings brinking on times of transition. They have known this place their whole lives, the gorse and stone and salted promise of nearby sea. It is autumn, the darkening half of the year, and the minutes until twilight seem like days. Bird Ellen is a sweet girl, but quiet, always looking at things a little longer than she should, as if there is something to see beyond its shape and colour. She does it with heather and roses and honeysuckle breeze. She does it with her neighbours' faces and unexplained shapes in the landscape. Child Roland is logical, mathematical, precise. He has no time for uncertain otherings. Silly of Ellen, really, to spend such time in the imagining, jabbering on about how things used to be. Fantastical whimsy, no good for anything in the real world. They come to the church on some empty afternoons to fill the time. It always seems to mean more to her than it does to him. Soon, Roland is trying to land a ball in the gargoyle's mouth a grimacing face mounted high in the sky on the church tower. It is a trick he has managed just once before, and he is forever trying to do it again. Stop it! You're going to break something. No, no, it's all about the angle. If I could just... If you knock the gargoyle's teeth out or something, it'll be bad luck. The Earl King with his fairy train might come and snatch you. How is it supposed to scare away outsiders and, you know, protect us without any teeth? The who with his what? Look, one, I'm not going to knock its teeth out, and two, you're doing that thing again. Which thing? The gargoyles have feelings too thing. Perhaps they do. They definitely don't. How do you know? Have you asked it? Funnily enough, no. Then don't be so presumptuous, child. For the last time, Ellen, I'm not child. In the language of stones you are. Child Roland and Bird Ellen. It rolls off the tongue well, doesn't it? Child and bird actually mean... Yeah, whatever. But did you know Britain was supposedly named after a warrior, Brutus, who defeated all the giants to... Cute story. Needs more dragons. Well, there's always George and the dragon, or if you're after magic... I'm really not. Well, there's this great story about a warlock who leaves his heart enclosed in a box, swallowed by a bird that flies in a great church in a lonesome land. So long as the bird is not caught and his heart is safe, he cannot die. So long as my heart is safe, I cannot die. Stop it. For once. Please treat a story with a little respect. And stop looking at me like you're tolerating a baby. Well, it's stupid. It isn't. They matter. They all matter. Imagine being able to hide something you hold most close to your heart in the safest place possible. I hate how all the stories are being forgotten. They must be kept safe and secure. Okay. Cool. Whatever. Uh, check this out. Wait! The ball went further than either could have imagined. Caught on an impossible breeze, it sailed over the church and hit the gargoyle squarely in the mouth. Something cracked. How could you? How could you? Whoops. It's not funny. It's horrific. It's monstrous and terribly, terribly sad. How could you? Ellen. Ellen raced away from her brother, no thought in her mind but putting as much distance between herself and his sneers as possible. Once reaching the church, without thought she raced... right. It's funny. Those little crossroad moments, where one flip of the coin creates a completely new route. Ellen turned anti-clockwise, left-handwise round the church, 
Widdishins. Against time, against fate, against nature. The movement that raises hair on the arms. Pilgrims know to start their journey stepping with time, but Bird Ellen's journey was not this long walk across countries. Bird Ellen's journey was of a different sort. But let's not worry over this. Twilight is ever so long away. Roland was not so far behind, turning left, right-handwise round the church, Diesel Way, the way of the sun. Ellen raced right. Child Roland ran left. He retrieves the ball, laughing, expecting to have bested his sister in flight. He turns round to share the joke. He is alone. Smiling at being made the seeker, he runs back to where they began. Nothing. He retraces his steps and circles the church, afraid to call out because that would make it real. Bird Ellen is gone. Twilight comes all at once. The sky is darkening to the colour of crow time, cock shut. Have you ever noticed, when out at dusk, how night doesn't fall down from the sky but rises up from the earth? Roland is caught in twilight, the between-light of not day and not night, a liminal phase known only for playing tricks of time. Alan? Where are you hidden? A voice from the same place as sorrow replies. A question for a question. Right, you've made your point. Perhaps the gargoyle did bring bad luck. I feel very strange. You can come out now. A voice like wind through rafters replies. A feeling for a feeling. Black the old brown brought into the home. Crook of grey look over a grave and three black cars in a row. Tap, tap, a thrown magpie on the wind. I must find my sister. I must. A grandfatherly voice replies in an old story tongue. A must for a must. This is a dangerous quest, my son. A time must be paid, a sacrifice of security won. And only the bravest knight in Christendom could, once gone, return again from Elfland. The voice had barely faded before Roland breaks out of the spell and follows Bird Ellen's route. But what was her route, we might wonder? How might she so run and then vanish completely? They are stepping stones, flagstones, finding flight of philosophy, strong stones, solvent stones that pave this path of hers. Circumstance and chance, 
mind and heart and happenstance. Logic must be all but absented for this twisting route to be manifested. A way of looking at things a little longer, as if there is something to see beyond its shape and colour timed with the right light, the right place, and the wrong direction. Roland is a creature of logic. He does not focus on the flights of humblebees, of whistling spiders in the cobwebbed breeze. He does not want to dwell in dreaming of the worlds in parallel. But a quest is a quest, and a choice true and honest unlocks a direction that leads to his promise. His North Star determined, the pathway unfurls, and so Widdishins turns he into this new world. The churchyard is quiet, the first stars twinkle bright. To my eye or yours, it is simply twilight.